Life and Pinstripes. I'm TJ Stolzenberg. And I'm James Yevon. And this is episode number 27. John Carlos Stanton. However, we are honored and so excited to mention that we are now officially a part of the CMG Podcast Network. CMG stands for Clovercrest Media Group. And uh, basically what that means is you'll be able to start finding our things on things such as Spotify. Pretty much everywhere imaginable. Yeah. I'm so excited, by the way. Yeah. I'm, first of all, I want to say thank you for having us here. Thank you. And thank you to you. Of course. Because without you, we would not have them. And uh, tell the audience real quick how this all kind of came to be. So pretty much Clovercrest Media Group is run by, as you may know, I am a Connecticut School of Broadcasting alumni. Alum. And they recognized our show, they loved our content, they loved everything, they asked us to be part of it, and here we are today. Yeah. A couple of dudes that recognize cool dudes, so now we're going to be dudes with couple some other dudes. couple of dudes recognizing the two coolest schmucks in the whole wide world, and here we are. So here we are. And we're just going to do what we always do. And get on with it. Absolutely. So, a lot of things to talk about. Right about now, we have football starting up. We were just watching game one of the season. Yep, September 5th, 2019. The and first game of the 100-year anniversary of the NFL. Oh. You left that out, my friend. Oh. I forgot. So many moments in 100 years of the NFL. It's been 100 years? I know. Think of it that way. I mean, Have you seen that Super Bowl commercial? That was definitely awesome. Wait a minute. How's there been 100 years in the NFL? I don't know. The first Super Bowl, well... They were, like, champ- they were championships, but there wasn't the Super Bowl. Right. They had, like, AFC championship. Yeah, and that was NFC, their end game. NFC this and that and all that other stuff. Super Bowl didn't happen until, like, the 60s. The first Super Bowl, yeah, was, like, the Green Bay Packers a couple times in the 60s. Yeah. Well, speaking of Green Bay Packers, the game one of this season was the Bears and the Packers. Most historic rivalry in the NFL. And you know what I've noticed? What have you noticed? Nerves. There's always nerves an opening day. And I'm not just saying it's week one, all the teams will have their nerves and have their, their excitement and, and be worrying about stuff. But the first game on Thursday night is always sloppy to start. It's, it's always about setting the stage up to the season. Yes. Obviously the nerves. Like le- or setting up the nerves. Yeah. Think of last year. It was the Philadelphia Eagles who won the Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons. Wasn't the greatest game in the whole wide sloppy. world. Very it's sloppy. It's so true, though. And I said it. I was like, hey, man, it's just going to be mistake-filled football. And first time the Bears ran a play, they did this weird one-yard flip, and the guy fumbled. And It was Tyreek Cohen. Yeah. Out of all guys. And it just was gross. Basically, the score is 7-3 to three right now, and it's almost halftime. So I know, and I have Mitchell Trubisky on my fantasy team, by the way. I still like him, by the way. I think yeah. he's a, going to be a solid quarterback. When he settles in, it might be, look a lot better than it just looked. He's still young. Boo. He got basically bailed out by a few penalty calls. But either way, it's football season. Ladies and germs, are you excited? Oh, obviously very excited. Man, being a Giants fan, we're facing the Cowboys on Sunday. So. And Giants fans, I will say this, you got to be excited because... Guess, I'm always excited. Guess what? Fresh start, new Fresh beginning. Fresh start, Right. And fresh start means nothing bad's happened yet. You're not terrible. Or you should yet. Don't have that <laughs> thought process, okay? I looked at the schedule and we went over this. We're yep. like, yep. it was the Cowboys, the Bills, the Buccaneers, yeah. the Redskins. They're like, you like you think to yourself, okay, maybe we do have a shot at some of these games. 
That's the benefit of being awful in the year before. Now, if you don't know this, this is how the NFL schedule works. There are a bunch of divisions and conferences, and where you fall, whether you're first or fourth in your division, you play the fourth place team if you finished fourth of all the other conferences at least once that year. So it does benefit you to suck. Then your strength of schedule the following year will be easier, easier for you. <laughs> well, luckily for the Giants, they've been the level of suck over the last few years. Yeah. Maybe this year will be different. But then again, you may have heard all my rants. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd be surprised if we won three games. You know what? I'm going to forget does about all that. Does this feel a little different? It does feel a little bit different. It feels Odell Beckham Jr. lists, obviously. Right. Here's an interesting topic. We're going to get into this. Distractions. How about this? Odell Beckham Jr. is actually looking like a saint. And I don't mean New Orleans Saints. I mean just a good person. Compared to the drama, ah! and the uh, grossness uh, oh, of Antonio Brown right now. He is such a fool. It's actually kind of laughable how much of a fool he is. A, you did an amazing job of not swearing right there. I know. B, it's hard not to swear when talking about Antonio Brown. Because well, you know what it is? <laughs> I know how much of a Pittsburgh Steelers oh, you are. God, yeah. So here, as a Steeler fan, I saw it like this. Complete downslope. Of course. Because people all want to think that he's been like this the whole time. It's not been like this. Absolutely not. The first couple years with the Steelers, he was just the go-to guy producing max numbers and being awesome. Now, I've learned in all this drama that there's some stuff going on behind the scenes with his life, but you know what? It just didn't add up to me because the first couple years you didn't hear a thing. No, not a chance. Not a thing. And then right around the time when the king, being Antonio Brown, had somebody else come into the scene, being Juju Smith-Schuster. Who is going to be phenomenal. There was that whole little thing where, oh, there's another guy that he has to share the spotlight with. And I've always realized... Yeah, we all know the whole story. And I told you about this whole analogy and all that stuff with, like, the high school thing. You know, like... Yes. Antonio Brown, he was, like, the biggest kid in the whole wide world with a gigantic ego. Big man on campus. Someone's about to take it over, and then he comes up with this craziness to try to bring back his ego, and you're like, that's not how that works. Exactly what I was going to say. There are two routes to go. When you feel like the big man on campus, and all of a sudden the attention's going to somebody else... There are two different ways and two different kinds of men that you really find out about somebody. There's the route where you just man up, you just get better, you take it as a challenge, and you recapture and recaptivate the audience, and you do whatever needs to get done. Because also, by the way, bud, Antonio, it's for a team, by the way. It's for a city. It's not for yourself. It's for the fans. fans! But there's the other route that Antonio's taking... And you become the drama queen. Especially for that suffering Oakland Raiders fans who've been Ugh. nothing but crap recently. Because, and you know what? It's not, a, it's not about you. And so many people say, hey, guess what, Oakland? You knew what you were getting yourself into. But at the same time, what any athlete wants is a second chance. And here comes Sophie. <laughs> here comes Sophie, my Shh. beloved cat. If you watched the last episode, she walked literally right in front of it. Hey, baby girl. 
Hey, baby girl. Come here. Love you. I know, I know. Oh, wow. She was not happy that time. I'm giving you the moment of fame and you so let me. Example, Antonio Brown. Someone who's hissing and moaning. But right now, she's quite comfortable. Yeah. I will say this. Antonio, dude, you and Le'Veon Bell were both the distraction of Pittsburgh. And this is coming from a Pittsburgh fan. Get over yourself, guys. Seriously. You, you haven't heard a peep from Le'Veon in this offseason. Nope. He kept everything quiet. He's over there in New York, by the way. The Jets, by the way. Not the Giants. The Jets! Right. We'll clarify that. But it's still New York media. And not a single inch of dirt was scraped up on him. He is at least two appearances doing his job. The man got paid. Because when you really think about it, his drama was just a holdout. He was just calling out his own value. He wasn't out there on social media and Twitter being like, I'm the king, pay me. He was just silently in the dark and media was trying to find him, just covering anything just to talk about him. And it was a distraction. Of course. The it Steelers was. last year were they were gross. They it was were disgusting. No, because it was one of those things. They started off so well. Yeah. And then it seems like all the drama, all the media, it just like fell apart the yeah. last and, second. And athletes wanna say that, you know, the media doesn't get to them or whatever, but they hear it. Come on. It gets to them. And especially if it's all season long versus what happened in the game that they're playing, they're getting asked questions about a teammate who's doing his own thing and they just don't want to have to deal with that. So the Steelers, the chemistry, it just wasn't there. And, you know, people are throwing blame at Mike Tomlin, the head coach, because, hey, he's got a rowdy bunch of guys. He doesn't know how to control guys. Or B, he's young, too. And his age could be a factor. You know what? I say no. I say, you know, the identity of this team was in a trans. It was in a trend. It was in a transfer. It was shifting Ben Roethlisberger has always been kind of like a silent leader. He's not out there boasting all the time. He's always just kind of leading by example, but he's a leader. Mm -hmm. And you know that. Of course. Now we know for a fact it's his team. And these guys will back him up. And James Conner, the guy who filled in Le'Veon's shoes. That's right. James Conner. Forgot about him, James not Conner. Only, not only is James Conner an awesome story about having cancer, uh, and you went to the University of Pitt, he came back, fought and beat cancer, and is playing great level of football in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he filled the shoes of, quote-unquote, the best running back in the game at the time. So you have all those questions. You have all these things to fill in. you got Antonio Brown complaining about X, Y, and Z. His relationship with Ben's being questioned. Ben's dealing with this and that. I can't believe he even <clears throat> questioned his relationship with Ben Roethlisberger, who still is a solid quarterback at his age. And by the way, he ain't no, like, Tom Brady, because Tom Brady is 40 or what, 41? He's like 42, 41, he's 42, like somewhere around there. But he's like a slender, never gets hit, he's still smart dude. dude. Ben Roethlisberger? He's a big man. Big boy. Big boy, yeah, and he always... pretty much. But he was hard to tackle. He evaded so many sacks and created an extended plays. But you know what? Like, guys like that usually taper off and leave soon. He's 37, and they play Monday night in the in Patriots Steelers in, opening night for them is at, that at Gillette at Gillette, and I could totally be wrong, but I said it confidently because I wanted to sound like I knew what I was talking about. But 
a 37-year-old quarterback playing a 40-who-knows-what-year-old quarterback, that is awesome, but the story is now different. There's no Antonio Brown. No Le'Veon Bell. No Le'Veon Bell. So it's a whole different brand of yeah. guys, if you think of it that way. It's exciting. Is it refreshing for you? For me, and just like you were saying with the Giants, you kind of went through like a skid mark on the underpants of society for two, three years there. You saw my reactions. Yeah. I, mean, I wasn't too pleased at first. And it's only natural because the Giants were upper echelon. They had Super Bowl wins Against the Patriots. Against the Patriots. Twice. And then a couple years later, they lose their best wide receiver. They have Eli Manning slowly declining each, every year by year. Everyone wanting to pack his bags and leave. Yeah. And you know what? Like, it's just, it's when you're winning and being like that. But the cool thing about the Giants is that season when they went nine and seven and then caught fire at the right time, the oh, right uh, chemistry. Oh, Super Bowl 46, I believe that was? It was, was that the 2012? It was two Patriots wins Super Bowls ago. It was the David yeah. Tyree on the oh, two, oh, Super Bowl 42. The helmet catch. The helmet catch. The yeah, helmet catch. The helmet catch. That year, oh man, I could be wrong, but they were 9-7 nine, They were nine and seven that year and caught fire. And I knew there was one year. It was in Super Bowl 46. I think they were 9-7. and seven. They faced the Patriots for the second time. I don't know if that's the same that's one you're talking about. That's probably what I'm talking about. I think that's the one you're talking about. The one they won, I think, with like a minute left or something like that. Which both, That was unbelievably, unbelievably shocking. And, and you know what? What I'm getting at is the Giants, you know, even if it's ugly, a win's a win. And the result is all that. Everyone's like complaining. So, it's like, oh yeah, the Giants are the worst Super Bowl winning team ever. But it's like, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they showed up and they won. And no matter how crazy it was. But my point is such, New York expects it and they pay attention to results. So the last two, three years it's for been, the Giants has been brutal. Yeah. Gross. Definitely. Now, there's a little pulse now with Saquon Barkley, who... He's m- the leader now. Might be the greatest athlete. Well, Bo... He's a Bo is still in the lead of that category, but Bo Jackson, yeah, Bo, yeah. definitely. But Saquon came in as an absolute beast. Was on the worst team, basically. Sorry to say, in the league, none taken. Because and, I slowly kind of agree with that, even as a Giants yeah. fan. But I want to be optimistic because you know me; I'm the loyal fan. Obviously, correct. I want my team to be as good as possible, even during the worst situation. And you'll support them. Of course, absolutely. And when I'd be like, oh yeah, the Giants lost, I will have my moment, but I would be like, you know what? Next week is a new week. And you're right to feel this way, because right now, there's an all-new hope. Saquon, I saw a stat today, Ezekiel Elliott, when he first entered the league in 2016, set some rushing records uh, for Dallas, uh, you know, f- most yards uh, from line of scrimmage as a rookie, and he was like third all-time behind some stud and some other stud. Saquon broke that record by about 40 yards last year in 2018. It shows how. So, and he was on a god-awful team. Remember, Ezekiel Elliott had that Dallas line. You know, it's funny how we ta- You know, it's funny how we talk about how god-awful the Giants were last season, but yet they still had a little bit of hope to actually make the playoffs. I remember. Yeah, I'm like, I remember Odell at one point was just like, "All oh, right, so we're this and that, and we need to win the next." They year. had to Eight win games like, in a row. They had to win like five or six games in no, a biggie. row. They they gave a little bit of hope. They but won one or two. Yep. They won one, one or two, and then unfortunately they got shut up by the Titans, and I think they blew it against oh, the yeah. Cowboys. I'm like, okay, this is over now. But, you know, here we are, and it's a different era. And even the Patriots, you know, the Steelers facing the Patriots, Steelers are all new. The Patriots are without Gronkowski. And he retired. 
And there might be hubbub about him coming back in a couple months. Say we always say that, but, who but knows? then they're going to be great, as they always are. And I will say, hey, Patriots fans, enjoy Josh Gordon while you have him for four weeks, because I hope not. But we all know, <laughs> we all know that in about four or five weeks, something's going to come out where he smoked a joint and he's going to get suspended for the 55th time. And he'll be. How's dying. he still in the league? That's my first question. With I'll all the that. times he's I'll, gone, busted. I'll answer. The, I'll answer that question. It's a great question. How the heck is he still in the league? And I'll answer that right now, because it was just weed. He may be a weed addict or whatever his deal is, because he admitted he can't. He has have tough lot, tough type, tough time living life without it. But he got busted three or four different times now with like a couple different teams. Suspended, fined, away from the game for so long. Well, I understand it. it but you, it's good to see him fighting back. And and you know what? The Patriots always give those types of players a chance. You know, quietly, the Patriots always have some like tough dudes on their squad. They always do. And and some dudes that have you know been up against adversity. And you know, I look at like a Legarrette Blunt, who. Oh yeah, I remember him. He you was know, so good for them. It was so good for them. And, you know, he would go other places. He was unstoppable for yeah. them. Oh, That's exactly the word I was looking for. Beast, dude. And you rewind all the way back to when he was at Oregon in college. And if you recall, he ran out and punched uh, a member of the other team in the face, caught on camera. And right away, he's already, you know, that guy. He comes into the league, you know, with, you know, the edge, the attitude, and he does his thing where he is, but it didn't matter till he came to the Patriots. He was an absolute stud for them. He helped them, I think, to the... Super Bowls! Uh, yeah, Super Bowls, exactly. I think he helped them to the um, the comeback one when well, they were down 28-3. He, to did. Three. he did, and he, he he's a bowling ball, so I digress there. I'll rewind. Well, he's the bowling ball, and the defense is like the bowling pins. You just pretty much down like that, right? He is the uh, the beast mode of Boston, as I probably. Should I will have say it. that. I will say that. But as you can see, we're friggin' excited talking about football right now. I know, it's just awesome. It is great. It is great. However, the football being met, that means we're approaching the end of baseball season, which is also exciting, though, right? Oh yeah, of course. Since we are uh, the New York Yankees, are forty three games over five hundred. Ooh, yeah. First time we were 43 games over 500 since 2009. I was going to say, I have no idea. Don't ask me. I just came up. Well, actually, no. I didn't this come is up why with that. I, I just saw that. <laughs> this is why I have James. James will know and pull out the most random and most unique stats. And I was like, please answer that. I was about to say, I remember all the World Series losers backwards. He did do that. In one of our previous episodes. Hey. Go to our YouTube channel or our Spotify or our Rewind. Go to YouTube. Look up the episode where he talks about... Well, how many episodes does that ago? It was the uh, when we talked about Big Poppy getting shot. And say, as Yankee fans, we love Big Poppy. We love Big it's Poppy. It's on YouTube. Respect. Closer towards the end. By the way, he's out of the hospital and he's good and he's better than ever. That's great to hear, by the way. Absolutely. But anyway... But anyways... Speaking of uh, Boston... Uh, it is the time of year where... Uh, and we have them coming up soon. Uh, yep. We have about, what, 20 games left? About 23 games left. Yeah. Tomorrow, we face off against the Boston Red Sox. Four-game series and at Fenway Park. And as you said, and we are coming at this angle from Humble Pie City... We're not bashing the Red Sox while we are we're down. Not. 
Because last year, they won the World Series. Right? It's like, hey. It's like, okay, we're not going to be anything, but this is a huge test for the Red Sox. That's all I'm going to be saying. Basically, what do you got left? And it's show up or leave. You know, it's it's do or die pretty much. They're for probably them. what about six games they're, out. They're five, about five and a half back of the wild, wild card. card. They're sixteen games back of the division. Mm. We all know they're not going to have a shot. Not at a division, division, but it's they're in the wild card hunt. And However, though, they, all they're hoping for is just a chance. Yeah, because they do have some tough competition. Because I think the top wild card spots are the Oakland A's. I think the Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Indians are like up there. Yeah. Not an easy task for yeah. them. They got to climb a lot of ladders. They got to bring out the best of them this season. Yeah. It, they got to come out at least either with a split or they got to win three out of four. Even if they split, they're basically done. Pretty they, much. They got to pull off what they did back to us in 04 and win four, four in a row. Four in a row. You know, and obviously we don't want to see that, but uh, it's going to be tough for them because our momentum is so high from taking two out of three from the Oakland A's, yeah. especially the. The back-to-back, belly-to-belly, the walk-off home run yeah, by Mike that Ford. Was awesome. I know that Brett was. Brett Gardner followed by Mike Ford. I was at work oh. when that happened. I was pissed off. I was also at work. I missed it, but watching the highlights was so cool. Not only that, and for those we like to get excited, where if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the night where the Yankees hit back-to-back home runs to win the game, to walk off and win the game. And even before that, I believe we were down 4 nothing in the 8th. Yeah. Everyone thought, I was like, oh, yeah, the A's are going to take 2 out of 3 from us. We had 6 outs left. How many times have we said this during the course of this season? Do not count these guys out. Yeah. They have resolved, like we were saying, like the 9 team. You know, and especially when it comes down to the end of the year, it's... All I'm hoping for is that we still have that magic left, and it's refreshing to me to see that in those, like, they, they're up 10, 9 games in the division. They could just not care. They could do that thing where they take a step back and relax a little bit, but I love the fact that our lineup is riddled with youth and young guys that want to prove it every night because then it provides the opportunity and chance for these awesome comebacks to happen. For people to care all the way to the end of 162 games. And you know what? I think things are all kind of formulating at the right time. We have Severino kind of coming back. Severino's coming back. You Dylan Batanz is coming back. Jordan Montgomery, a guy that we haven't even heard of in the longest time. He's coming back. Hey, he might do something. But He actually might do something. But we need Sevy. We need Sevy. Our bullpen, God forbid, Dallin Batances, I do love you, but our bullpen has been awesome this year. Canely, so proud of them. Britton, Chapman, they're still Woo! awesome. Even Louis, we got to talk about Louis Sessa because he's talk been, about him. Louis Sessa has been dominant, by the way. He threw three scoreless innings when Chad Green started. He's actually been pretty good for them. He's, he's not only good. been pretty good, dude, he's been great. And... We've been trying to say he's been unappreciated, but he has developed. because he was he's been was, he's been appreciated. He was underwhelming the last like few years. Everyone's yeah. saying like this is the last chance for Luis Sessa to actually do something, and now he's finally found his mojo. Now, and I don't and I don't want to sound like an idiot right now. All right, but we're talking about the lefty, right? He's a righty. Okay, 
We do not have who's a lot the, of... Who's the lefty? That, Nestor Cortez thank Jr. You. I was going to move to the next. I just want to get the name wrong. Because we have Luis Sessa, we have Esteban Loizaga, and we have... Jonathan Loizaga? Exactly. John, Esteban Loizaga was a pitcher back in 2006. Oh, but anyway, okay, I will help you out. All right, so... Here's my point. You have Jonathan Loizaga, you have Luis Sessa, uh, Nestor... Don't they, Nestor don't they, hold on, don't those sound the same? They do sound the same. It's just like the names are the same, and they're the same guy for us right now. They're the young. Look, awesome. I understand. I understand. It's a little bit frustrating. <sighs> so you have uh, Jonathan Loisga, uh, Nestor Cortez Jr., Luis Sessa, uh, Cordy Garrett, Cordy uh, Garrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like those that. three, those three have been doing awesome all year. And yes, I might have switched the names around, but I know who they are. What I wanted to bring up was a little love to Nestor Cortez. Yeah, because actually no one was giving any love to this guy. I didn't even know who this guy was at the beginning of the season. He's doing the exact same thing because even Luis Sessa and Esteban Loizaga have had moments. Jonathan Loizaga. Exactly. Have had moments where they've dipped off, maybe had one bad outing. And yes, they've come back with four straight good ones, but they still had the one bad outing. Nestor Cortez Jr. He's actually been pretty damn good for them. And consistent. The man has yet to have a bad outing. No, whatever. Knock on wood. But what's so cool about him is there's something old school about him. He's not only a southpaw, he's lefty, but he does not throw hard at all. So it proves that you do not need to throw hard to be successful. He is is proving it. And the way he's proving it is very unique. You don't see it very often. Two things. One, he throws a lot of off speed. He is his design is to keep you off tempo, off rhythm. And move the ball around the zone. And, and hit the ball on the ground. And keep it awkward. And yeah, use your defense behind you. Let them hit it, but let it hit it poorly. Use your field. Get the out. What's also cool about him is he changes his pitching motion. Every time. It's deceptive. Sometimes he'll lull you into routine. He'll throw the same wind-up three times in a row. Pitch it, it literally almost looks like he's it. about to throw a pitch-off move. And then all of a sudden, time. he literally just steps and fires. So he uses... Creative different ways that you really don't see anymore. The only one I can remember other than that, I want to say Johnny Cueto. Oh, yeah, the little, shi- the little shimmy. The little and shimmy. And he throws it. Johnny Cueto will keep you off rhythm, off pace. He doesn't have the same windup every time. And it's, it's a weapon. If you can do it, use it. And Nestor Cortez Jr. does it in a way where he's going and only throwing like 87 miles an hour for his fastball. And all of a sudden, he throws that like Ephus curveball. Comes in at 70. Oh, yeah, 69, goes, 70 miles up. an hour. And to a pro, kind of you would think they would rock that out of the park. But no. he's kept them so off off tempo and off rhythm. And they are so, what? He would wind up fast, but then throw it slow. He's he's brilliant. I really love him. And I, I'm looking at players like that. Yes, we have Chapman, Britton. You know, all the four, the four horsemen, as Green. everyone calls them. Green, Green has been great, by He's been awesome. All these dudes in the This is going to be a tough decision when they have to narrow oh, down yeah. for the postseason roster. But you know what? Like, those guys, I'm looking, let's get those guys in because the Nestor Cortez is what you might not think you'd see in the playoffs. I feel like they're going to have a big he role. He can actually be a huge, integral part for this team. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, as you can see, we are excited about our Yankees. And we are continuing to come with Humble Pie. Because of course. we all know that uh, I remember we had this conversation mm-hmm. about last 
uh, last episode yep. with the Mets blowing a seven-game wow. lead with 17 left. Speaking of Mets blowing something in the number They seven. blew a seven-run lead. Six, or Six-run lead. Six-run yes. lead. But yeah, they yeah. gave up seven runs in the bottom half of the ninth inning. I'm like, yes. are we back to square one with you this know team? You literally, it's almost like we did something to them. They were up six. It at, was 10 to four. Yeah. Or, yeah, at Washington. They're playing the Nationals. And... Granted, you can have bullpen troubles, dude. It is hard to give up six runs. Like you could, it's hard to give up seven runs, especially in the seven. bottom half of the ninth inning. Yes, and it was capped off by a Kurt Suzuki three-run home run to win it. This was my look when I heard about that because. But good grief, Mets! Like, how does that happen? You know they've got all, they've got a great vibe going right now with the likes of a young Pete Alonso and the home run race. He has forty-four home runs right now. He's actually on pace to. Beat Judge's record of 52 that he set two years ago. And the man's a rookie, by the way. A rookie. Imagine hitting 50 home runs as a rookie. Yeah. That's not an So, you love to hear that with the Mets. And, you know, they have their excitement. They have a pulse. And their pitching staff is nasty. Yeah, they have DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, guys like that. Oh, they have Stroman. I totally forgot oh, about yeah. that. Except he he's been a little bit on the rough patch, but still though it's Marcus Stroman. When so. the time comes, he'll do his he'll do his job. But you know what? Like, That's if they make the playoffs. They still have a little bit. They're of like a, a game and a half foul, and this it's so close. The National League race is much closer, and they're completely so, they, so many teams. They in are it. obviously out of the division because the Braves are just way too good. Yeah, but they are within two games. I'd say with twenty left, anything can happen. But there are like four or five teams all within. Yeah, four and the games. National League wild card. It's uh, I think it's the the National. The Diamondbacks. Yeah. I think the Phillies are in there. Yep, they are. Uh, the Brewers, actually. The Brewers are there, and mm-hmm. the Cubbies. I think they're still there. Along with the Mets, so yeah. Yeah. That's all going to be a very tight race. So, we are excited. We are very excited. And you know what? Obviously, with baseball and football, you're used to things like fantasy football being something, but I'll just say a quick side note well, on my life. I'm in a fantasy baseball playoff that I forgot to set my lineup for. As you may know, you may have heard our stories about fantasy baseball <sighs> or fantasy sports in general. It yes. can get heated or sometimes you hate yourself enough. Yeah. You know how many times I've hated myself? Actually, for fantasy baseball, I literally <sighs> stopped paying attention. I'm in two fantasy baseball leagues. One team I'm 11 and 10, the other team I'm 11 and 9. And that's, that's what should happen. You should go 500 when you don't pay attention. But I literally forgot to set my lineup for like three or four weeks in a row. I was like 13 and four in second place. I lost the last three games of the season, went 13 and seven, dropped to fourth place. I still made the playoffs, top six make it. But, dude, it's a hefty price to be in this league. And you're potentially winning close to $1,000 if you win this league. Why? One bad Why? move and you're done. So I left in David Peralta who for the Arizona Diamondbacks who hasn't played in like two months. And I also had George Springer in and not, not, not my fault, but he got hurt the other night, hit his head on the wall, and I was like, great. And what I also forgot to do was the fact that I had Max Scherzer on my bench and I left in the likes of Lance Lynn. If you realize, he pitched against the Yankees this week. So why the heck would I have Lance Lynn in? Because you know what it is? <sighs> because he had such a good season. He had a great Texas, season. He had a great season for the he Texas did. Rangers. You think that... But week, okay. to, but week to week, in that moment, you shouldn't have played... I shouldn't have played him. But it's because I forgot. But you're right. He did have a good year. You always got to... 
You always gotta have Max Scherzer, my friend. Max Scherzer. I left Max, Max Scherzer. Scherzer. He was on the training block at one point. And you know what? He pitched on a Monday. So you know what that means in fantasy baseball? It means he's pitching twice this week. Oh, that reminds me. Brutal. You know that uh, eleven guy. ten. You know that eleven ten game was it the Nationals and Mets? I think that was a Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer game. It was way. a Scherzer game. Who would have thought? Yeah, no, the score was not even eleven close to what it finished. It was eleven to ten. You figure with a game like that, it'd be like. Three to two. Yeah. Or no. five it, to four. But it was. It was like three to two, five to four. And then all of a sudden, the wheels fell off at the end. But I will say this. Now, with fantasy baseball being over here, and I'm just lucky if I get a chance, fantasy football is here. And I want to say one thing as we come to our end. Yep. Dude. He told me the story. He auto-drafted. Yeah, because I had to take care of a couple of things. He was... Which we'll talk about next week. Yes. Which I have many Keep questions it. about. Of course you have many questions about it my involves life. A lady, right? Of course it involves a lady. There's no other excuse that's valid other than you were with a lady to not be in a fantasy football draft. But I even know. so, sir. But I did put it in an auto-draft, which shows that I care. No, 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 no. It's going to auto-draft for you automatically. But I have this actually pretty good lineup. And I'll just bring that point up next week because auto-drafting, and let's be real, good grief. There should be a thing where they don't draft the best team of all time because I'm not going to lie, I may have auto-drafted a couple years ago and I may have won that league that year. (laughs) But you should punish the guy for not being at the draft. Not give him the best team, which you ended up with. So what, you're saying I should be punished because I wasn't able to be there? I'm saying they gotta develop, like, an algorithm in the computer system where they don't just take the best players, they take, like, the third best or something because you gotta punish the guy for not being there. You wanna hear this lineup that I have that was auto-drafted? No, we're gonna talk about it next week because A, we've run out of time, and B, if we talk about auto-drafting, we're gonna talk about it for a lot longer. Fine, and C, if you continue talking like that, I'm gonna keep on thinking that you're Jim Carrey! And see you later. So, (laughs) it's been a good week, it's been a good day, it's been a good episode. We have social media. Social media, Twitter, at Life Pinstripes, Instagram, Life and Pinstripes, our Facebook page, Life and Pinstripes. We're up there on Spotify now. We're going to be on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're going on Apple Podcasts. We're going everywhere. Yeah. We are spreading. Here we come. (gasps) Here we come. We're bringing the Life and the Pinstripes to your hands. To your hands, to your feet, to your head, to your ears, and to your soul. I will say this. He's James Yevon. I'm TJ Stolzenberg. Go like us. Go subscribe. Comment. Do whatever you can to like us anything and never forget to to rock rock and and or roll. roll